Another crisis, another agenda. Orlando is being exploited. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Because I'm on Saturday, I get to pick the biggest story of the week and talk about that. But this week, there really was only one story. And it was the events in Orlando from last Sunday. And the, the story, the official story is, just the very basics, is a lone wolf who some are calling a known wolf because he was talked to by the FBI a couple of times, went into a gay nightclub at closing time with a semi-automatic rifle and a pistol. And he basically held down 300 people. He injured over 100, killed 49, 53 were injured but not killed. And there was an armed guard there. There were there was other security. There had to have been just based on the size of the club, five or six exits. And for me, like that basic outline, it's very hard for me to believe that that's the whole story. I don't know what, if there was more to it than that, friendly fire, multiple shooters, there are all sorts of things swirling around the internet and conspiracy theories. And I've done my share of looking into conspiracy theories and sometimes they're, the conspiracy theory is true. Sometimes it's not true. Sometimes there's some mix or the media spins the facts for its own purposes This story, I have never gotten so many requests to kind of go down the rabbit hole. All my tweets are about the weird details around this. But I have found that once you look at one of them, once you see that that there, there is a backstory in something, once you see that the media doesn't really tell the whole story a lot of times, and, and it's not even that you don't have your kind of reporter on the beat anymore anyway you don't have like five helicopters over a crime scene anymore anyway so you you are getting a lot of the information from official sources and there's not much more you can do about it but once you see that there are details that are kind of weird like this guy's the shooter's father put on facebook all these pictures of himself at the state department at the white house pictures of himself with the congressman i mean i really don't know what's going on and i'm probably never going to know if you've never gone down the rabbit hole before take an opportunity to do it write whatever this and uh you know type in false flag or something just do a little more research and you decide but for me i don't need to know what the real details of the story were even if every single detail as presented at you know the official narrative if that's completely 100 percent true The power that it gets, the power that it has, is how the media treats it. So you're getting bombarded 24-7 with the government and the media exploiting the story for an agenda. If it's just the Rahm Emanuel idea, don't let a good crisis go to waste, where they wait for a crisis to happen and they're ready to pounce with their agenda, whether or not it's the right answer 
So they the government invaded Iraq after 9-11. It had absolutely nothing to do with it, but they were just exploiting a crisis. That's what they do. So if you know, for me, I could spend days down in the rabbit hole, but then I would take my eye off the ball, which is the agenda. And, and But what really this story actually got me super depressed this week, and it wasn't just the agenda thing. It was really the way I feel like we are treated, and especially this cable news cycle where it's just... 24 hours a day of just blasting in your face, you know, this, it just seems so psychologically uh, deliberate. And I actually, a, uh, a caller and contributor uh, who sends me interesting stuff, Freedom Acts Radio, sent me an article he did on Edward Bernays, who is the father of propaganda, and he was the nephew of Sigmund Freud, and he was talking about decades ago, I mean, almost a century ago probably, but certainly decades ago, talking about how they, the propaganda machine, the media or company or government, all of whom he worked, that they would create events or spin events or place events in the newspaper in a certain way for a certain purpose. And the this is, this is really well-studied psychological factors at work, techniques that we are probably not even aware of. But I, I will give you an example. The other day, I was just really, this is, I think, what put me over the edge of like being just depressed at how manipulated we are, that I was listening to in my car, Fox News. So I didn't see it visually. I'm sure it had more impact visually. But it was Brett Baer, so it was Fox, I guess probably in the evening, and he had Jay Johnson, who's the Homeland Security head, secretary, on. And Brett says to him, is radicalization on the rise? Are Americans safe? And then Jay Johnson, now I was in the car, so I couldn't write it all down. So this is like a paraphrase because I scribbled it down later. But Jay Johnson says something to the effect of, no, Brett, no, they're not. Americans are not safe. And then you're sitting there and it just felt like such a totally hypnotic moment where they get you into a state of fear, which you've been bombarded with. This was maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. So it was already bombarded, bombarded with the messages and the fear. And it just uh, people were really in a frenzy. I mean, people are telling me all the time, what, what's happening? What do you think? What do you think? You know, and I, I could just tell the heightened tension. So after they set us up for being like, OK, I'm afraid. And then uh, I felt like Johnson was delivering a hypnotic suggestion. And he said this. This is on Fox, remember, so this is designed for the right. He said, keeping guns, people need to understand this, something like that. He said, you need to understand that keeping guns out of the hands of terrorists is not a Second Amendment issue. It's a national security issue. So he's reframing the gun issue so that the right can think of it in a different way. Because you're not going to say national security to the left. They think in other terms. That's really a catchphrase that's used up for the right. So he's setting you up for this change of debate, reframing the issue. And sometimes I don't even know how much they actually care about getting the guns away. I think they want to keep that issue alive, guns and abortion, so that they can keep the two parties People who are single-issue voters will always stay loyal to their party based on those two issues, in my opinion. And I've seen more, or it looks to me, more 
examples of hit in history where they actually want to flush people out who would be the first movers in a resistance, people with guns and stuff, that they maybe want to register you, but don't necessarily want to take the guns because that'll give them an excuse to, uh, to, to, I don't know if they would take you out first or arrest you first or whatever. I just feel like that there is a, is a psychological element to this gun debate, but there's something new that I just this time is totally new and it, it and it's how this they're calling them gun laws like Diane Feinstein's and there's a bunch of them rumbling around and they all seem to have this quality where they're uh, they, they keep repeating this theme people on no fly lists or watch lists should not be able to have guns and this just seems like people are like, of course, of course, it makes no sense. I fell for that once on the air. Someone called me like, how could somebody on a terrorist watch list get a gun? It's like, wow, I don't know. That's terrible. <laughs> but how do you get on a terrorist watch list? That's the thing. It's a totally arbitrary decision by the government to put you on that list. And I've heard Hillary say that gun advocates terrorize this country that they terrorize this country. So if the left is going to be in charge for a while, and it looks like they are, and they want to keep the hands out of guns out of the hands of terrorists, and they think of gun rights people as terrorists. That's enough to get you on that list, and it's very hard to get off that list. I heard a woman doctor being interviewed the other day. She was Harvard and Princeton educated, and she spoke out against the medical establishment, which she thought was doing more harm than good. And in her her story was that she was that that was the reason she was put on a terrorist watch list, and it was virtually impossible for her to get off. And uh, she actually just moved out of this country. But this is what I see this being all about. It's creating this gray class of pre-criminals. So they can't put you in jail for doing something wrong. But they can flag you based on what you say, your religion, your beliefs, with whom you associate on social media. These are all the themes that came out of Orlando. All the signs were there, and there was nothing we could do about it because we have this pesky liberty thing. There was a, a Democrat legislator I just posted on my Facebook page saying, due process is the problem. <laughs> and, and what they're trying to do is create what I call pre-criminals, that they're trying to look at a... Uh, they they want us to feel like there are different, there's Americans and we deserve rights. And then there's this other class where you can't, they haven't done anything wrong yet, but by virtue of their profile, they will. And, they, and they, they're couching all this in terms of radical Islam, which is... I, I, I mean, a lot of it's they're very successful in how they portray this threat to us without ever bringing out that some that our foreign policy creates this problem, spreads terrorism, takes out secular Arab leaders, spreads these refugees. I mean, we have these these policies that create the crisis and then they exploit the crisis for this pre what I'm going to call this pre-criminal class that they are trying to establish here. And that's what concerns me. I don't think that has anything to do with trying to be on our side. And that's the other thing. They, are, they, they actually state that they manipulate us on purpose in the wake of these crises to get things done that we, they couldn't otherwise do. 
And and that's the government working against us. So I want to get to your calls next. Screens are lighting up. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Talking about the agenda that is being served by Orlando. And it's not just one thing. The government loves to multitask a crisis. So tell me what you think are the agenda items. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Seth in Gainesville. Hi, Seth. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. Um, the reason I call is I, I, I'm seeing a, what I think is a very pervasive misunderstanding of what the Second Amendment is. It, from the press and politicians and everyone, everybody seems to talk that because you'll hear things like, um, they'll show a picture of an AR-15, they'll say, now why would you need an AR-15, this big assault rifle, you know, to, to take out an intruder in your house or to go hunting? The Second Amendment has absolutely nothing to do with providing individuals protection for their homes or to go hunting. That's a nice side benefit. The Second Amendment, was put in as a backstop to defeat tyranny, if that ever happens. And so an AR-15, as far as I'm concerned, with that definition of the Second Amendment, and that's why it was put in there, is number a BB gun. It is actually too small of a Yes, one. yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's How nothing. How can you ever hear that? They've already banned all the stuff that's important. That's why I think they don't even care if you have them. They want you to come to the end of your driveway with that thing so they can mow you down. Yeah, it's, it's for the purpose. If, if, any, if someday, might be 50 years in the future, might be 100, that some tyrant got in control of our government and sent the equivalent of the U.S. Army and the Marine Corps down the streets or to corral our food supplies or our distribution centers, we have to have whatever it takes with teeth in it. Yeah, I mean, just look. Yeah, just look at what 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 our troops are capable of in recent altercations. I mean, you can see the battles and what you would want if it really came down to that. But it's not just the Second Amendment that's a guardian against tyranny. It's the First Amendment also, which is what I really think they're after with this pre-crime stuff. David and Tucker, I'm going to hang on. He wants to talk more about this pre-crime angle, I've noticed. And give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez, on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. If the FBI is watching you for suspected terrorist links, you shouldn't be able to just go buy a gun with no questions asked. And you shouldn't be able to exploit loopholes and evade criminal background checks by buying online or at a gun show. And yes, if you're too dangerous to get on a plane, you are too dangerous to buy a gun in America. The funny thing about that, that was Hillary just days after uh, the Orlando 
shooting, and she. This is what's interesting to me about the way that everybody's repeating basically that phrase. I mean, you're hearing that from all over the place on the left. And it, there's an assumption there that if the FBI is watching you or suspects you, quote, of terrorism, or if you're on a watch list, if you are too dangerous to fly. But there has been nothing to indicate any of that except for someone in the government wrote your name down on a list. Why? Why would they do that? Maybe because they're on our side and really worry about us and really do their very best to find the people they are absolutely positive are a danger to us, but for some reason have never committed an actual crime or whatever. But the, but the reality is, in my opinion, and all the evidence is, the government's top priority is the government and its cronies and who, the, whoever it's really working for. So what they want that list for is not to get rid of the Second Amendment, in my opinion, it's to get rid of the First Amendment for freedom of speech, religion, ideas, the stuff that you want to use against the government that they find a threat to them. That's how they define national security. If you're an enemy of the state, you are an enemy of the people, but that's not true. That's what the Bill of Rights is there for, so that we can fight that danger, which I think it was a great idea of the founders. It was a fantastic experiment, and it proved once and for all that government cannot be trusted and that you no piece of paper is going to stop them from overreaching. Anyway, what do you think? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to David and Tucker. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Uh, I was listening to NPR coverage Sunday afternoon, and throughout the coverage, they were repeating that, how could someone who's been questioned by the FBI be allowed to buy a gun? And there was no counter-argument, no uh, constitutional point raised. Uh, All I have to do is call the FBI and say that one of my neighbors has been saying something terroristic, and... Supposedly, they'll come out and question them, of course, unless they're buying ammunition and uh, personal body armor, in which case, they apparently, they're not coming out. Um, right, right. And then, so when they come out and question them and find there's no evidence uh, that this is the case, they're still on the list. They will have been questioned by the FBI. That is a being tried and convicted simply on hearsay from some person or persons who reported some vague information. I hadn't thought about the power that it gives individuals to screw over somebody whose dog they don't like. You know, your dog barks too much and they want to cause trouble for you. And they could do that. And I, and in the journal, there was one, uh, that's uh, an article that said that, I'm just reading a quick quote here, that the Democrats and the Republicans are at odds about this bill to give the Justice Department uh, authority to prevent anybody on these lists from getting a gun. And it says the Democrats want, uh, said that their bill would enable anyone erroneously included on the list to quickly appeal the decision. So <laughs> you can prove your innocence. That's one way to do it. I, You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and they were actually talking about it on, I tuned into MSNBC also, kind of probably a first for me. And they were talking about, that, you know, this doesn't even qualify as a right. Do these guys have rights? They shouldn't have rights. And yes, if they're convicted of something, then they shouldn't, you know, then that's when you lose your rights. It's just all this pre-crime stuff 
that they want to have total authority. They could just take your rights away uh, without any evidence at all, like asset forfeiture. They can take your property away, even if you're never convicted. I think it's, it is basically a fundamental difference in philosophy that the people who feel that the government can do no wrong are willing to hand all sorts of authority over the government, and the people who are suspicious of the government, based on, oh, the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and here's the thing that I think people miss. Thank you for the call, David. I think people miss that if you're... You can couch it in terms of and actually be trying to solve the problem of radical Islamic terrorism. If that's how, if that's the problem, and this will fix that problem, and that's how you think about it, okay. But given that the left is going to be in control and they consider gun rights advocates as terrorists, you're going to have a problem because. Uh, there was a, it was a long time ago, I don't know if it was Missouri, I think it was Missouri, could have been Mississippi, where their terrorist watch list included people with Ron Paul bumper stickers. Like, not your name on the watch list, but it's like, if you're going to stop a car, it might have a terrorist in it if it has an anti-abortion sticker or Ron Paul sticker. I Honestly, you can find it. It's very easy to find that. They, I don't know if they retracted it, but that's that's the thing. To them, people who have strong beliefs about certain things are uh, super scary, and they deserve to be scrutinized. I'm going to Steve. Hi, Steve. You're on with Monica. I appreciate you taking my call. I listen quite regularly and enjoy your program. Uh, question I had just right off, and get your view on it, because uh, I appreciate your opinion, is that I don't consider myself a hardliner, a hardliner for either side of the aisle there. But one thing I want to consider: why the the right? Uh, basically, I'm an NRA member. I want to hear more from the right about what 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 are we going to do? What needs to be done to fix this? Besides protecting the Second Amendment, I mean, what where, do you where think? Do we go past that. Uh, do you do well, you have an idea? I, you know, I think there should be more training involved uh, for people to, hide, you know, to handle firearms and so forth, and and you know, really tell people, you know, show this concern that we're we're just not turning guns loose to people that are untrained. I know in the military before they allowed me to handle any weapon, I had to sit down through classes and understand how to use them. And, Here's uh, something interesting, Steve. I read this stat a long time ago. I don't have it on my fingertips because i haven't thought about in a while but it was that regular civilians regular citizens had a lower accident rate than police now i i don't know what you know you could probably examine why that might be but police are highly trained but when they take out their weapons they probably because it's like a higher stress situation i don't know but i would just say that right citizens are quite trustworthy there are stupid gun owners but i think there's something like a thousand accidents is that possible it's that few accidents in a year um accidental gun deaths whereas there are millions of situations where people defend themselves against crime so i i have thought that before i've gone down these different roads about how to uh deal with the guns and for me i read an article today in the wall street journal that that actually said there are 300 million guns in this country and terrorists recognize how vulnerable that makes us that's what it said and i'm like that doesn't make us vulnerable that makes us powerful oh yeah i think if anything we should be armed to the teeth uh to protect ourselves and 
we should protect the right to do that. But I'm thinking as far as appeasing the left and giving them more assurances, they consider us a bunch of lunatics, untrained goofballs running around with weapons. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but it's actually the stats do not bear that out. And I would say they should look to their own philosophy, their own principles, and examine uh, the root cause of the problem. I always think this as a libertarian. And it occurred to me recently, uh, I was criticized, or libertarians were criticized in a um, place where I was having a debate. And the criticism of libertarians was they look at the world as being this blank slate and they can just do what they want, have open borders, have guns, whatever. And uh, it's not a blank slate. So you have to accommodate the policies that are already on that slate. And I would say it's the opposite. If it were a blank slate and libertarians had their way and you had freedom, that would be great. So if there's stuff written on the slate that's preventing that from happening, you got to erase some of the stuff from the slate. So if radical Islam is the problem, you need to look at why, what is causing that problem. And it absolutely, in, there is no way to avoid, if you look into it at all, that our enemies in the Arab world are secular Arab leaders like Gaddafi, Hussein, Assad. And it goes back to Nasser in Egypt, Mossadegh in Iran. It goes back and back, Afghanistan, really. And our allies are the most radical Islamists there are, which is Saudi Arabia, who funds this Al-Qaeda and the other people who we are fighting alongside in Syria. And then when we take down these governments, they, the prisons open and they spill radical Islam everywhere. Gaddafi kept it out of North Africa. And Assad said he was keeping it out of Europe and Turkey. And he probably was. And then you have this refugee problem that it mixes with this destable, unstable state. And then you have a problem that comes that comes here to haunt us. So just stop the policies that create the problem. And then maybe uh, you'll have uh, you. This won't always be a crisis. I'm going to Howard in Atlanta. Hi, Howard. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How you doing today? Good. How are you doing? No, fine. I, you know, I, it, I don't think the Second Amendment has anything to do with it. I believe that Second Amendment tucks us in bed each night and stands the rest of them up. I think they just look for opportunities to move their agenda like a football field. I feel like mm-hmm. they probably have gotten to the 35, 40-yard line in a game of life as far as taking away our, our gun rights. But any opportunity they get, and they really don't try to stop these Muslims. Uh, obviously, the guy, the gun dealer in Florida, called this jerk in, and the FBI just dances around that. So any opportunity they have they're going to try to slip in some way that they can take away our guns. I agree with that. And I think uh, that the what they're going to do even before, what's even more important to them than that, I honestly believe. I honestly believe the Second Amendment has been neutered in that we no longer have the arms that could defend us against the tyrannical government. Thank you to our first caller who pointed that out. But that they really care about surveillance and power and control and taking the other rights away. So even the gun bills, I don't think, are about guns this time around. I think it's about watch lists and surveillance, increasing the police state, have other sound bites, other 
article, uh, you know, articles that lay out all the agendas that are going to be served here. I'm going to get to all of it and your calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, uh, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I think John wants to counter our blanket absolute Second Amendment rights discussion. I'm going to get to his call right after the break. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 84 is the forecast high today, 64 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We are talking about the agenda for uh, the lawmakers in the wake of Orlando. Obviously, top on the list is gun control, but I would say even more than that is uh, is this concept of a pre-criminal of taking away due process rights based on things you think or say or do on social media and that will prevent you from getting on planes or buying a gun or exercising your rights and uh with the left in control i have to think that that they will consider sovereign citizens who assert their gun rights as terrorists themselves what do you think 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk i'm going to john john you are on with monica Yes, I was listening to you talk about the statistics, and uh, just curious, car deaths in the United States were probably around 50,000, as was the number of people 35 now. 35? Yeah, it's way this, down. Uh, 58, I think, Vietnam soldiers were killed. And if you look at the gun deaths, or accidental, potential, or intentional, they, they won't come anywhere near that. No, I think it's 11,000 gun homicides. I think there's 1,000 accidental deaths, and I think there are several million crimes prevented by guns. Most gun deaths are suicide. Yeah, but you know, you have to train to get a driver's license, possibly driver's ed, but if they have to take a driving test, a written test, uh, like in Georgia, all you do is get a background check and you get a gun. Well, the difference is, for me, the difference is that the self-defense is the only real civil right. If you really think about it, the only, the one thing you are entitled to always do is to protect yourself, and government exists because you have joined into this community in order to get that done. So at no point do do I recognize that entity, which is a derivative of your rights, being the thing that can control that right? See what I mean? You have to you have to be able to have you have to be able to protect yourself from that uh, from anyone. That's what that's what that's the one fundamental right we all acknowledge is that you can protect your own body. And and actually, with yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you also need to protect your property. Uh, you have the cash yep. doctrine and all that. And uh, I've been reading a lot of fiction about the, the DMP and losing our civilization as possible. You have to survive on what you have. And it is a very scary situation. But uh, I, I was a assistant high school principal here in the Atlanta area for a long time. And I saw real great deterioration and respect kids had towards any authority figure, and their parents would back them on that. And I think it's carried over uh, the way they deal with police, the way they deal with anyone that has any kind of authority over them. They just, it's a respect thing, and they decide if they don't respect you, you say something to them, then basically they're going to shoot you. I'll tell you what I think that authority problem comes from. 
in my own experience and just generally as authority is unjust as injustice increases and i would say in minority communities in this country it's the drug war that brings the injustice to them people go to jail for just exchanging for engaging in economic transactions that when you when you have that situation where people don't recognize authority even in my own i was raised my father's super strict Catholic, a classical, you know, conservative, Barry Goldwater conservative. You would think that he would respect, and he did respect, a legitimate authority, which he thought of as the church. But he really taught us, sadly, it actually it caused us all a lot of trouble, disrespect for our teachers, any kind of government workers. He felt like the government was so corrupt that, that they were now had descended into an illegitimate authority. And, and he made, raised a bunch of upstarts, you know, a bunch of scofflaws, people who didn't respect the DMV's authority to give you a driver's license. So if you didn't have a license, you were rebellious to the cop, you know. It really caused problems, but I could see the root of it was that he, did, he thought that they had been abusing their power. Let's continue this conversation. Don wants to talk about the Second Amendment and its use in the defense against tyranny. Tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. 